Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports Professor Rick Haro inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. An amazing time of year for sports worldwide. Hockey, the Australian Open, golf, NFL football, college football, soccer, all sports in all contexts. And let's look at the deal-making issues of the week. Three to one. Three. First of all, number three involves Peacock. They're streaming all events from the Winter Olympics heading to Beijing, and their app will stream every live competition during the games, full event replays and the opening and closing ceremonies. NBC Universal exclusive broadcaster, $7.7 billion in 2014 for exclusive rights through 2032. The company recently shut down its NBC Sports Network TV channel on January 1, a move figured to further position Key Peacock as a home for streaming live sports. They launched in 2020 and further provided customers with coverage of track and field, gymnastics, and men's basketball at the Tokyo Games. Coverage also included a Olympic highlight show. Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg. How about that? Two. New six-part docuseries about Joe Montana, now streaming on Peacock. Cool Under Pressure premiered, which takes the audience through Montana's career from high school to Notre Dame won a national championship to the NFL, four Super Bowls with the Niners. Series features interviews with celebrities, former teammates, coaches, and mentees of Montana, Tom Brady, series of his own, Jerry Wright, Steve Young, George Seifert, Eddie DiBartolo, Peyton Manning, Magic Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr. The 65-year-old Pro Football Hall of Famer notes he could only watch the series a single time. To give it a final okay, told The Hollywood Reporter, some viewers may be shocked by what they'll learn. We'll see what that means. Following the huge success of The Last Dance that aired back in 2020, the sports docuseries genre has exploded tenfold. We'll see Tiger Woods's, Tom Brady's, and others. One. Deal-making issue number one, college football playoff. The progress of expansion talks, the Oversight Committee gets a report around the national championship. One higher-ranking CFP source said the managers will probably be dealing with year 13, expansion beginning in 2026, general agreement with a 12-team bracket at some point, and in June, four-person subcommittee proposed a structure populated with the six highest-ranked conference champions and six at-large teams. Top four conference champions receiving buys hasn't been finalized yet, but everybody seems to be moving in that direction. And college football on the American landscape, and why not after the national championship? Forbes and Go Banking collectively rates the most valuable football programs of, based on a three-year average revenue. Texas and Texas A&M tied at $147 million a year, Michigan $139, Alabama $134, Ohio State $132. That's a lot of money. And someone who has incredible insight into all aspects of college football and more, Rick 
Ricky Davis, 1971 through 1974, four SEC titles, Alabama co-captain and was the eighth round draft pick by the Bengals, played their 75 through 78 in the NFL, the Bucks, John McKay and his expansion franchise and Kansas City Chiefs. His attorney acumen led him to be a coach, representative, and mentor, Oral Hirschheiser, John Franco, but also Sylvester Croom, Bobby Bowden, and others. He talks to us about conference musical chairs, about playoffs, about gambling, about NIL, about new revenue, all things college football, as well as pro. Here's Rick Davis. You were recruited pretty heavily out of Birmingham, Bessemer High, and the December 70 choice was interesting. It was Auburn and Alabama, as you tell me and as I read it. Uh, what would be different today if you were you know, transported in a time machine and you were uh, competing Auburn and Alabama? Would they throw NIL money at you? I mean, what, what's, what's the decision like today for today's high school senior? I think it's a lot different. And just like you said, the name, image, and likeness, uh, that's huge. I mean, you see what happened with the Deion Sanders over at uh, Jackson State and the player. But, you know, back, you know, in 1970, 69, 70, when I was being recruited, uh, you didn't have anything like that. It was just a matter of where do you want to go and play football and go to college. And uh, those are the only decisions to make. And, you know, being a huge Coach Bryant fan, uh, my whole life up until that point. Uh, it was a hard decision because Auburn was recruiting me to play quarterback and Alabama was recruiting me to play either a quarterback or defensive back and they wouldn't commit and didn't commit to which position. So um, so I went to Alabama and they went to the wishbone and uh, and I was on defense. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's so much different now than it was back then. It was just, you just, you didn't have all the other things going on with, you know, name, image, and likeness, transfer portal and all that stuff. Uh, so it's, uh, players have to look at it. And then if you're not happy after the first year, you can change your mind and go somewhere else. Yeah, and it's an interesting concept. So let's talk about that. You graduated from uh, Alabama with a marketing degree. So let's uh, launch right into the whole NIL issue. Uh, would you have ever contemplated a couple of years ago when uh, President Emmert said, look, we're going to allow all of this and then kind of abandon regulation this last June and it becomes a wild, 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 wild west, that it would have turned <laughs> out this way. Yeah, well, you know, just looking at it, uh, I didn't think that it would be become what it is now. I mean, now it's like you've got high school players, guys that are trying to decide where they're going to go to college uh, that are being guaranteed money and that used not to be allowed. But now, you know, the NCAA, I think, is afraid to step in and to, to try to do anything uh, to prevent that going from going on. And so that's what uh, it is. It's just like and it's almost like to the highest bidder. And that's what it looks like. Some of the uh, factoring in, I think Jimbo Fisher had something to say along those lines the other day. That's, uh, you know, again, that used to be that wasn't allowed. You couldn't promise people money or give them anything. All we got was $25 a month laundry money. And, uh, and that was it. Well, even counting for inflation, it's changed yeah. a lot yeah. since those exactly. leather helmet days when you were playing. You know, the, <laughs> Not the, quite the that interesting. Long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. The, you know, the interesting yeah. thing about this too is that that uh, 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 the NIL process is interesting. But uh, is it fair from your perspective? I work the bugs out. Uh, what about D three? What about niche sports? What about women? How, how, how do you guarantee equitable distribution of NIL money, or do you? I don't think I don't think you can, Rick. 
uh, I don't think you can. And and what I'm concerned about, or I, I just see the whole college football landscape, I think is going to change over the next you know five ten years. Um, wouldn't surprise me if the Power Five conferences don't break away from the NCAA and just do their own thing, which if that happens, then the impact that that's going to have on the FCS programs in Division III. Uh, I just, I, I hate it that it's doing this. I don't blame the players for wanting to participate and wanting to get paid. Uh, I completely understand that. But uh, I'm kind of, I, I'm just concerned what it's going to do to the overall college football uh, landscape. Uh, and, and that's what I'm afraid of is that, you know, the, a lot of the FCS programs, they depend on a power five game uh, to, uh, to fund their athletic budget, athletic department budget. And if those yeah. go away, which I think they probably will, then what does that do to, uh, to the F FCS and the, uh, you know, division three schools? It is kind of interesting because we see that schools other than the top schools are, uh, uh, making some, the top schools are making a lot, uh, but the athletes are the ones that are really making out at the top level if they can get NIL. Combined with what you said earlier, transfer portal, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, you, were, you were in the stockpiling era where Bear Bryant would, would sign you just to keep <laughs> right. you away from Auburn, whether you played or not. Right. And that now, right. you know, you can now you play as a freshman. If you don't like it, you can transfer. Uh, Dr. Pepper makes fun of it. They reject the punter and they take another guy. But it is very serious. And now that's the way colleges are building their programs. Talk about it. It is. And it's just, it's, again, like you go to say, I go to Alabama and I get to Alabama and like that, like happened, they switched to the wishbone and I don't want to run the wishbone. I want to be a drop back, you know, and throw the ball around everywhere. So what I do is God, I think it was a guy that went to Ohio state last year or middle of the, yeah. you know, in January went up there or last summer and he, he didn't play any this year. And so he was immediately in the transfer portal this year. So it, it is, it just like, and I, I think what it does is it allows players, you know, you used to be able to transfer, but you had to sit out a year. And then when they right. did away with that, and now with the way that it is, it's it's more or less, you know, schools are recruiting players who they recruited from high school that went somewhere else in college. Some of those schools are coming back on, going back around and coming and saying, hey, are you really happy? You look at Alabama, they have their best receiver on the team this year was from Ohio State. He was a transfer from Ohio State. A uh, guy made first team All-American. He'll be a first round draft choice. Uh, then you have a look at one of the starting linebackers was the starting linebacker at Tennessee last year. Came to Alabama and immediately stepped in and played. So, uh, uh, and, and that's, rich get richer. That's yep. exactly right, Rick. That's exactly right. And I, that's where I just think that it's uh, long term. I'm concerned for how that's going to affect uh, it, not only FCS, but the non-Power 5 schools. And let's remember, this is my friend Ricky Davis, who says this from the perspective of one of the you know greatest programs ever at Alabama. So you realize that there are a lot of other schools that aren't so fortunate. Let's talk about free agents from a coach's perspective. You are one of the most pre, one of the preeminent uh, coaches agents. Uh, is Mario Cristobal worth eight million a year? Is Lincoln Riley worth as much as he is at SC? Uh, is Brian Kelly worth uh, X at LSU? What do we think of the salaries and the ability to move? Well, I don't know that I can say whether they're worth it or not, but I think they obviously are wanted, and so that's the market. That's what the market is now, and it's changed. You know, Coach Bowden, you mentioned, you know, you know, Coach Bowden was a longtime client and just a, a great friend. But, uh, yeah, uh, back you know, when Co Coach was the first, you know, head football coach in college football that made a million dollars. 
And now look at it. You got coordinators that are making two and a half million dollars. So it is the whole game has changed, Rick. It's just financially, but yeah, whether somebody's worth it or not doesn't really matter. You know, if they if, no, if it really doesn't work out because it's they'll fire them and whatever they're willing to pay, they pay. Yeah. You got 10 seconds to answer this one, and then we got to get out of here. Gambling, okay. uh, Maryland, Colorado, points bet. Gambling, good idea if properly regulated on college campuses for sports? I don't think so, Rick. Again, I'm old school. I'm an old school guy, 68 years old, and it's just uh, I just see that as being another problem area, potential problem area if uh, with that happening. Rick Dave is certainly equipped to give us one heck of a perspective on all aspects of college football and otherwise. Now the Sports Tech Minute. Augmented reality contact lens developer Mojo Vision partnered with Adidas to bring its data tracking eye lens to the consumer market. The company also announced a $45 million new funding round to bring its total investment to $205 million. Mojo's eye-controlled smart contact lenses have a built-in display to overlay fitness performance data and AR graphics without entirely obstructing a user's natural field of vision. Mojo Vision, whose products are not yet for sale and are still in the R&D phase, announced new deals with Adidas Running, social golf app 18 Birdies, ski and snowboard analysis app slopes, wearing and cycling hiking map trail forks, and sensor-embedded yoga apparel company Wearable X. Adidas will explore ways to integrate Mojo's AR lens into its ecosystem of runtastic apps. In a similar Activision, a Nike uh, activation, a Nike ad from November, teased a runner wearing augmenting reality smart glasses made by Snap Inc. Certainly more on the way. And finally, as always, our Good Sport 5. Well, Clay Thompson returns from a 941-day absence to an uproar of fans. He's in the third year of his five-year deal that he signed back in 2019, worth $190 million. He certainly has philanthropic ideas in his mind also. Arsenal removed their iconic red from their kit and played all-white in the FA Cup as part of their anti-knife crime collaboration. Ten shirts worn by Arsenal's outfield players in the cup tie be gifted to organizations working in the community to address some of the root causes of knife crime and youth violence long overdue. Snowboard star Sean White, his Olympic uh, status, by the way, still uncertain. He's still unclear. A couple of his uh, contemporaries who have multiple Olympic gold medals punched their ticket to Beijing, but the bottom line is this is very important for viewership and philanthropy. ESPN and Twitter, set to publish college football championship newspapers composed of fan-derived tweets, more social media, and otherwise, and copies of the newspaper, expected to be handed to the winning team players during the post-game celebration. This week, we'll hear about it as it unfolds. And Steve Young, the National Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, part of the founding team for Team Nation Sports, gamified instructional app, beginning to launch with football aims to use auto-generated learning games to teach football players more about the sports fundamentals as well as the contents of their playbooks. Other pros include uh, former 49ers and Seahawks fullback Will Takufu, 
former Chargers linebacker Brad, or quarterback, excuse me, Brad Sorensen, and tackle Riker Matthews of the CFL-BC Lions, teaching football playbooks, but also teaching lessons about life. That's your Good Sports 5 this week. That's our show for this week. We'd like to thank Ricky Davis for giving us perspective, Nick Nielsen and others for helping me put the podcast together and being able to distribute it to all of our folks. And again, thank you for listening and watching. And join us next week when we go inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with our next timely episode. Rick Harrell, speak with you soon. We'll be right back.